Play 2, you made it through the portal. It's me, Kitty M, the old geek. I'm here to take you through the land of pod. We've got a lot to get through this week. JJ Abrams has just been signed on to direct another Star Wars, and someone is actually upset about that? Also, what does Star Trek have to do with Hitman's bodyguard? More importantly though, which Star Trek series is most like Gilligan's Island? I definitely have an answer for you on that one. Then I have some thoughts about Rocco's modern life becoming a comic and Superman definitely being an undocumented immigrant. Come on, play it too. Let's roll. Hey, player two, sit down. I got a balloon for you. Yeah, there's a whole heap of red balloons just along the street. I don't know why that is. Maybe there's a, a birthday party or something or someone just really likes red. But it does make me think about the It movie. Maybe before I get to the notice board about all the things that have been happening in the land of Pod, we should talk about the It movie. It's been out for a while now and everyone has been super excited about it. I wasn't. But then I saw some balloons on the street, which apparently have something to do with it. And that convinced me to go see the movie because I'm easily led by smart marketing tactics. But first I thought, I'll read the book. That will be cool. And I spent like a week reading the book, doing nothing else, sleeping with the lights on, getting spooked out when I walked home from work because there's a number of drains near my house. And I finished the book. Actually, I was about 20 pages from the end. And I put the book down and thought, wow. I'm not going to see this movie. This story is terrible. And I hate it. I'm not going to spoil what happened for you because I do think you should read the book. But there's a scene in there that was truly disappointing and disgusting. I know, I know, all the horrendous deaths should be the most disturbing part of it, but I signed on for that part. It was not a surprise when those things happened. I mean, sometimes it was a surprise. But then after I was surprised, I was all... What are you doing? This is a Stephen King book and you know this is scary. Of course that was going to happen. But when this one scene happens, and if you're a fan of it, you know what scene I'm talking about. I felt betrayed by Stephen King. Here he is setting up these awesome characters who are equal and have this great friendship and then he just ruins it. And when I read those few paragraphs, after a week of being solidly scared, it just stopped. I stopped being afraid of this book because, nope. <sighs> Good thing that's come out of it, though, is Pennywise and Babadook are a couple now, which is super cute. Though that is a little strange to me because Pennywise has got some serious John Wayne Gacy overtones. Gacy was a serial killer who dressed up as a clown at kids' parties and was just a terrible person. You probably guessed that by the fact he was a serial killer. I know a lot about serial killers because I was a creepy teenager who spent a lot of time alone. This got awkward. We should we should talk about what's on the notice board. Um, what about this? This is a movie I'm definitely going to go see. John Wick, Chapter 3. And it's got a release date now, May 17, 2019. Which means in Australia we'll get it by, I don't know, 2021 or something. Because that's what happened with the last John Wick movie. It came out in Australia about the same time we were almost able to just buy it on Blu-ray. I don't know why. Are they jealous of the fact that we have Hugh Jackman? Is it payback for Hugh Jackman? I can understand it. I'd be jealous of us too. If you don't know what John Wick is, think if Fast and the Furious was still a good movie franchise, but it had a Matrix high body count. A stupid amount of people die in John Wick. If you did a drinking game around the death count in a John Wick movie, you would die. No matter what you were drinking. It's that high. It's, I mean, it's truly beautiful. 
That's not all though. Lionsgate, who are in charge of the whole John Wick thing, are looking at a TV series prequel John Wick. And there's talks of a spin-off story, Ballerina, which is like a lady version of John Wick. It's set in the same universe, slightly different storyline, but based around revenge, so the ingredients stay the same. The way spaghetti and lasagna are different, but basically the same thing. Lasagna is just spaghetti if spaghetti was a cake. Speaking of franchises that are also good, Hellboy. I know, people have misgivings about David Harbour as Hellboy, and I can't help you if you refuse to stop being wrong. Harbour loves punching people, it's what he's famous for in Stranger Things, and I think that means he's got what it takes to be Hellboy. The first peaks of Hellboy the character got released this week, and he looks so cool. But the real test is going to be seeing how they set up Hellboy in the new movie, which is going to be tough because Del Toro did an amazing job. Speaking of other things I like about Hellboy, Daniel Day Kim has taken over the role of Major Ben Daimyo. <sighs> this movie's going to be good. I, I want this movie to be good. I don't want to see five minutes of it and go, yeah, kind of like what I did with Overwatch. You heard about that? Overwatch had uh, plans to do more cool things with the game, but it turns out all of that's being held up because people are jerks in the game, so now they have to focus their energy on that instead. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh, but I'm a truly terrible person. What was that discussion like? We had this plan to make this game really great, but it turns out the people who play FPS are jerks, and that's really a problem we weren't anticipating. Who would have thought that fostering good vibes in a supportive environment amongst gamers would be so difficult to achieve as though that hasn't been the way it's been forever? Hashtag not all gamers, but let's be real here. It is cool that Blizzard is doing this though. I hope it changes the nature of group play in games because that is the reason I don't play multiplayer games. Other players and their trash talk. Also, I don't like people. Hey, actually this, uh, this notice from the notice board is actually a starting quest for a whole quest chain. Ah, it'll take us through the controversy of what happened with PewDiePie and that game company who wants to stop him from streaming any of their games on his YouTube channel because he said the N-word while playing a game and then he apologised and everyone has thoughts on that. Well, everyone has opinions on it. Some people actually thought about their opinions, others just think the N-word is not that bad because he didn't, like, really mean it like that. Cool story, Brosif. No. Should we look at this player too? You're right, it is too high level for us. We can come back to controversy like this later, when we've leveled up more. Maybe when we've got someone who can actually speak to this problem, because I'm not equipped for this discussion all by myself, and I don't want to talk for people. Besides, I'm pretty sure that this is a monthly event quest with, oh, oh, he just almost said it again. Wow, dude, it's been like less than a week. Wow. Here is a life tip. Don't say that word ever if you're white. I get angry a lot of the time in many situations, gaming and otherwise, and I swear like a trooper. I mean, I turn the air blue, baby. But you don't use slurs. Some nights I can't go to sleep because anxiety. So I just sit up thinking of swear words and descriptors that don't target a specific group of people based on race, culture, gender, anything else like that, but still expresses my frustration at people who I do not like because they refuse to guard the healer. Why are you guarding the healer? I'm the one keeping you alive. I swear by the old gods and the new, I will let you die. Don't run off. 
Anyway, it's a fun exercise to make up your own words that are not based on slurs, but are still swears. You're creating your own language. You're being like Tolkien, but with F-bombs. That's what I would suggest you try as well, player two. I mean, don't be mean to people on group chat. Regardless, that's not cool. Outwardly, you should strive to be a good person. But on the inside, you can still be filled with rage. There's no laws against that yet. We're not in the psychopath universe. But that, and I can't believe I'm going to have to explain this, that doesn't mean it's okay to be a racist jerk. That's different from just being a generally terrible person. It's a level you don't want to get to, is what I'm saying. Why do I have to explain this to people now? (sighs) Alright, let's go somewhere bright and shiny. Done with this mess. Come on. Watch your head. There's lots of spaceships here. Seriously, if there were spaceships around and they knocked your head, you'd you'd be dead before. You would even know that was happening. We're here because there is so much sci-fi stuff happening right now. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you sci-fi was going to rise? You're welcome. And one of the best things that's happened is news that Cowboy Bebop director Shinjiro Watanabe has made a short Blade Runner anime. This is really cool. A number of different creative types are making short Blade Runner films in the lead up to the new Blade Runner. The reason this is especially cool is for a number of reasons. The first being, I love anime and manga sci-fi imaginings. I've talked about this before, but there's a certain way I see technology being treated in anime and manga, that disgust and wonder mixed together, that works on a whole other level that we don't get or can't express in mainstream Western media. More interestingly than that, than my artsy-fartsy take on anime, is that Blade Runner apparently had a bit of impact on Shiro, who created Ghost in the Shell, both of which have had huge ripple effects on the way that the future is being presented in both anime and in Western media. You look at, well, certainly the reboots of Total Recall and Judge Dredd, some of the city visuals in Guardians of the Galaxy, even the opening sequence in Futurama, or if you like your anime, just check out the city of Psychopaths. You can see there's influence, or inspiration at least, from Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell. So this is really cool to see it all melded together again. A short animation for Blade Runner from someone who brought us Cowboy Bebop, no less. A staple in the sci-fi anime genre that I suggest you check out. There's already some concept art out there, so of course it looks great, but while you're waiting for it, go check out Cowboy Bebop. You can thank me later. Speaking of things that look great, Star Trek Discovery... They are boldly going in a way others have not for a while, by not allowing advanced reviews of the series. And thank goodness. I like reviews. I do reviews. Some of my favourite people are people who review movies and TV series, and I disagree strongly with them on certain TV shows and movies. That's all good. (sighs) But I am sick to death of reading reviews that are either not an actual review, it's a recount, and those are two different things, or worse still is when they tell me it's a bad movie or TV series and I trust them, and the series or movie does badly at the box office or in ratings, Then later I find out it was actually pretty great. Because everyone seems so eager to be unimpressed by things that don't hit that sweet spot of thoughtful narrative and quirky humour. Just to go off on a tangent for a moment, everyone told me to go and see The Beguiled, and how it's this cinematic masterpiece and a triumph of cinema, and you know what it was? A whole lot of ladies sitting around talking really softly, clutching pearls, and there was also a mushroom recipe in there, I think. That was it. On the other hand, Hitman's Bodyguard was meant to be a complete mess, and it's actually an excellent movie. 
not heavy on plot, but if you're the kind of person who grew up watching buddy films like Tango and Cash, then you know that's not always needed. Just lots of explosions and some quips. Except instead of being police officers in Hitman's Bodyguard, they're a hitman and a bodyguard. You probably guessed that from the title. There's even an electrocution scene in it, just like in Tango and Cash. Back to Star Trek Discovery right now. I keep hearing how people have misgivings about it, but I don't know who these people are. I'm excited. Is there a spaceship? Are there Klingons and Vulcans? Are they going to learn stuff and important lessons about the condition of being a sentient creature in the vastness of space? Will they be seeking out new life and new civilizations? Will there be jokes about the food synthesizers? Because that's all there needs to be, to be honest with you, for it to be a good Star Trek series. Endeavour was just the love boat, but the boat was a giant spaceship. Deep Space Nine was just the office, except instead of an office, it was a giant space station. But still pretty much the office with a much better office manager. Voyager was just Gilligan's Island, except the island was a giant spaceship. Next Generation was just Stargate, but without the gates and they had a giant spaceship. And the original series was just a giant dating sim for Captain Kirk on a giant spaceship. I love Star Trek, but let's not pretend we have some lofty heights for this series to aspire to. As long as it has its main morals of respect, acceptance and diversity, then it'll be fine. You know what else is going to be fine? Episode 9 of Star Wars, Colin Trevorrow has departed and J.J. Abrams is stepping in. So so now what was going to be the next Star Wars movie isn't the next Star Wars movie? Anyway, apparently some fans have started a petition to take Abrams away from the project. I don't know why. Did they, did they miss The Force Awakens? Because that was a pretty solid film. Here's some of the petition points that they have for... Lucas films, which I'm sure will totally make them rethink their idea to have that guy who made them lots of money with Force Awakens taken off a project. Here are the petition points. There was virtually no creativity and no risks taken. Such complacency cannot be the trajectory of this sequel trilogy. Firstly, J.J. Abrams was coming after a trilogy that had Jar Jar Binks in it. I want to speak down to the Star Wars people out there, but maybe taking risks isn't something this franchise really could afford with its first foray back into cinemas. And secondly, there was creativity. It's just there was some old stuff in there too for the fans. He employed the same techniques and effects as the originals, which is what made the originals good, while mixing in new elements. The amount of references to the original movie that would easily escape the eye of a casual fan were delightful for those who'd been in love with the universe from the beginning. He showed he had a respect for it, while giving it a fresh new take. Another point on their petition. More specifically, the metric for success in a Star Wars movie cannot be box office sales. Lucasfilms and Disney need to listen to fan criticism. Star Wars fans deserve better. They demand better. I get being a Star Wars fan and being concerned because, you know, those three movies. But uh, box office sales is how movies keep getting made. Do, are there people who don't know this? Is this news to someone? Have we been kickstarting things for so long we've forgotten how this works? Yeah, it turns out movies, comics, games, all of those things aren't made without some kind of payoff. And usually the payoff is money because people like to buy things like food. And if Force Awakens hadn't been so big, do you think there'd be any of the other movies that are out right now? If it had been a flop, you wouldn't have more Star Wars. Anyway, 
There's going to be a new Star Wars audiobook coming out as well, and John Hamm is going to be the voice of Boba Fett, which I was initially very happy with because well, I'm a human, so obviously I like John Hamm. But then I remembered he should have a New Zealand accent, so now I'm grumpy about that too. But I also enjoy John Hamm's voice. If they really wanted to meet us halfway, Taika Waititi would voice Boba Fett, and we could all be happy bright, happy things, that's why we're here. Downsizing. Seen that trailer? Yeah, it's a lovely story about people being made small to lessen their impact on the environment. And I am looking forward to this just being a lovely story about the future not being so terrible. But I know what it will be. The little people end up becoming Soylent Green style delicacies, or it'll turn out they're all hooked up to some VR, so instead of actually being downsized, now they're just living organ farms for the actually rich and powerful, and I'm starting to think this is why I can't enjoy the nice things, because this is where my brain goes every time. Soylent Green and organ farms. Come on, play it too. We'd better get out of this place before I turn it into a dystopian sci-fi craziness. (laughs) Is that Cthulhu? Come on, let's go. Cthulhu is not as much fun to party with as you would think. (laughs) Hey, player two, let's just keep it simple. We're here in a comic book store. This'll make us feel better. Especially since Superman just recently stopped undocumented workers from being beaten up by a white supremacist in the comics. Except people are unhappy with that. Uh, Mainly because... Someone pointed out that Superman is also an undocumented immigrant. Superman has literally always been a good guy, so this shouldn't have surprised anyone. But the idea that anyone thinks that he's not an undocumented immigrant? Yes, he is. Did you think the Kents went through the proper channels? They didn't. He just was a baby that lifted a car that one time and some Earth people were like, whoa, this is not going to end well if we tell people about this. Luckily, we live in a time and place where people just believe you when you say the kid you have is your kid. And they were correct to do that because one, if history has taught us anything, it's that humans can and will do terrible things to anyone that's different. And two, specifically in the case of Superman, Please see Flashpoint Paradox Superman, or even just Young Justice Superboy. Those are only two cases out of many where Superman is treated badly by humans because humans are the worst. How is anyone shocked by this? Like, do you not know who Superman is? Do you even comics, bro? Which I'm assuming you don't, because Superman has literally had this stance of being a good person and not liking racists for the longest time ever. This is not a new addition to Superman and what he does, but even if it was, even if Superman had not been like this, and then one day they said, actually, Superman is now a guy who makes it so people don't commit hate crimes. That's not a bad addition to a character. I wish people would stop talking like it's an extreme and terrible addition to his character sheet that he would stop a hate crime. The man is a walking god amongst humans. His name is Kal-El, which... Look, let's just keep it to the basics. Superman doesn't like racists. That's been a thing for a long time, but even if it hadn't been, it's not a bad thing to have that happen now. Okay, speaking of heroes that we had when we were kids being changed or not changed as the case may be in Superman's case, Rocco's Modern Life is getting a comic, and I'm not sure. That's not hypocritical of me, by the way, because I'm just scared of new things. New things made about old things confuse and scare me, mainly because change is terrifying, but also because Michael Bay. 
I didn't trust him to make a good movie. I just didn't think Transformers would be so bad. So now I don't trust anything that is a remake of a thing I used to love as a child. But the comic could be cool. Ryan Ferrier, who did Kong on the Planet of the Apes and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, is teaming up with Ian McGinty, who is the artist for the Adventure Time stuff. This is not a terrible combination of writer and artist. McGinty sounds excited about the art style, which I think is just as important as the writing when it comes to Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life, if you never saw it, was about a wallaby and his best friend Heifer, who was adopted by wolves. There was also a turtle and some neighbours called the Big Heads. It was the real deal when explaining what adulthood would actually be like. But parents didn't understand, they just thought it was an animation, so we all just sat down and watched this dystopian, weird, disturbing future. It was a strange foretelling of what Gen X and Gen Y life would actually be like, in that it was an endless stream of disappointment and rejection for Rocco, when he'd been told that everything should be okay. Only real difference is Rocco could afford a house. Setting up those unrealistic expectations, huh? <sighs> How did this all get so depressing? We should head back to the tavern. Come on, play it too. Come in, sit down. I am. Um, I know this week has just been angry and kind of depressed. That's just the way things go sometimes. But I want you to come back next time the portal's open for Land of Pods. So here's some good news: Flatliners. There has been the smallest of sneak peeks of Kiefer Sutherland, my favourite Canadian other than Deadpool, in the new trailer for the Flatliners reboot. And I am here for this, mainly because he kind of looks like what if David from Lost Boys didn't really die but straightened his life out and became a doctor. I would, I would go to that doctor for lots of stuff. Flatliners is a very cool horror thriller. And I think you're going to like it. So check out the trailer. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back to settle things in Halloween. You know, the movie with the guy with the hockey mask. John Carpenter is part of the project, so I feel like it's in safe hands because it's John Carpenter. The man knows horror. And there's a lot of history mixed up in this production. Not only because Carpenter is the guy who started it all with Halloween, but because Malik Akkad, who is one of the producers, his father, Mustafa, was a producer for the original Halloween series. I think this has all the ingredients of something that could be the kind of horror we've all been waiting for. And by we, I mean me. It's due out October 19, 2018. That's not that long to wait. Was that play to? You want to get into painting minis while you wait for those beautiful things? I understand that. You can now. The Citadel paint app is out. Beardy Hammer, you know, the guy who occasionally joins us in Land of Pod to talk Star Wars and Kevin Smith. He's got a review of it on its site if you want to see if it's worth the download. Anyway, I'm going to go now. I have to watch the end of BoJack Horseman Series 4. That series got serious without me realising it. I genuinely care about the characters. I'm invested in them. Probably because they're cartoon animals and those are nicer than humans. Feel free to rate this pod highly, player two. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ChaosKittyM or on Facebook, KittyM, and Land of Pod on Twitter and Facebook as well to find out when the portals open again and there's another journey. Until next time, play it too.